What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is Real Reality Realness with Brian K. James, the podcast where I, your host, Brian, interview figures in music, reality TV, and pop culture about their lives, their perspectives, and their platforms. Join me five days a week as I get to know some of my favorite people through their points of view and their journeys to their personal greatness. Lock in while I clock in, because we are about to get into it. going on everybody brian k james here and i'm so excited to let you know that this podcast is being brought to you in part by outlander media network outlander's mission is to bring you the most exclusive alternative content from across the web from the farthest reaches invading your space we appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in and never want you to forget to embrace your inner outlander I am Brian K. James, and this is Real Reality Realness. Welcome and welcome back to the show. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Brian K. James, and I put the mess in the message. I am so excited to have this person on the show today. They are a recording artist with a hot new project that's been burning up the iTunes R&B soul charts, and I cannot wait to get to know them better. Ladies, gentlemen, and every gender or lack thereof in between, join me in welcoming to the show, Tramel. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing absolutely great. Thank you so much for being here. No, thank you so much for having me. Of course. What are you most looking forward to from this year? Oh, um, most thing, mostly I'm looking forward to the videos, the visuals for my project. Um, just watching those come to fruition and actually starting to record new music. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, I want to. I got a new vibe that I want to put out this year. I think, you know, a lot different than my previous projects. And also, I might be working on some other things that I can't speak about right now, possibly because you don't want to jinx it. Wait, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, do you have a projected timeline for your visuals so far, or are you still in the in the planning stages? Um, I'm shooting for um, April to film them. Um, shooting for April. Got to get time to get my body back together. You know, I, I let the, the winter and the fall and the holidays get away from me, you know. But um, yeah, I'm hoping for um, April and probably like um, May, probably um, release, probably, hopefully. Nice. How's that? 
Yeah. So what are you looking forward to leaving behind in, in 2022? Um, untrustworthy friends. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm like, I've had a lot of situations in this past year and even in this past month. So tomorrow I plan on starting fresh. Like I, okay. I plan on starting fresh with my new year tomorrow. I'm just gonna let tomorrow take me away from all these fake people that just wanna be all up in my face and playing games. And I'm just tired. I'm just tired of it. It's hard to trust people these days and people make it like so hard to like just realize, you know, just to find a genuine friend, somebody who's not out to get you, who understands you and just, you know, lets you be. I completely relate. I completely relate. My my circle is so small that I started doing interviews on my podcast so that I could have have people to talk to. Really? See, that Thank you is for something being that here. I should do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's something I should probably do. But talk to people just for the moment and then, you know, let them go. We can have a real conversation and then just let them go about their lives. Yeah, and you know, some I remain in contact with and some don't, but it's always an organic you know, connection that happens and we either stay in contact or we don't, but it's never, you know, anything that, you know, I act for or that they act for. It either just happens or it doesn't. So there have been some genuine connections that I've made out of it that that I appreciate. So, you know. Hallelujah. Okay. (laughs) Now, (laughs) for the children who don't know, let my audience in on who is Tramel Harris? Tramel Harris is born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a man of a particular age. I'm an 80s baby. I'm just going to leave that there. Um, I'm a Leo. Um, I have a, um, a proclivity to entertainment. So I've done all facets of entertainment. I've done acting. I've done, I've danced, I've sang, I've uh, been on reality shows. Um, I've just, I've done the gambit of everything. So if you don't really act well, I hope people who don't know me or are listening to this, will just go check out all the work that I've done and uh, just, you know, just I, hopefully they enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? I just want to be a, a joy to people. I want people to connect with me genuinely and not just be you know just I don't think of I don't say fans I like supporters or people who just you know my friends who just who just love on me you know what I'm saying I, I talk to anybody I'm, I'm friendly but there do come a time where I just have to be a little stern and I just be trying to like you know keep my space and my peace at the same time when I feel like you're not who should be around me and it, it, it usually takes me some time I'm very forgiving I'm very you know open to forgiveness if you come at come at me with a genuine heart and I can definitely feel it when it's real. But uh yeah, that's I'm I'm just I feel things. I'm I'm an empath in, in a way. Nice. How are you protecting your peace nowadays? Um, you know, just recognizing red flags and working very hard to just be very stern in my decision making because like I said in the past, I have been um, I've been, you know, just 
very forgiving too soon and never really assessing assessing the like entire situation with people, giving chances where they aren't deserved. I'm cutting all that out. I've been cutting that out since 2022. If you do something funny to me, you selling um as somebody who I, you know, am you know slightly cool with still maybe you're gonna see but as they would say selling <laughs> weird selling weird tickets i call it um if you selling weird tickets to the the creeposium girl you gotta go <laughs> i love that what do you think or which part of your career do you think is the ideal introduction to you as a creative um honestly i think most of my most of the people recognize me nowadays. They usually recognize me for being on a reality, a web reality show. Mm-hmm. They see me. Um, they're like, "Oh, you're Tramel from G Status, ATL Hustle." I'm like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> that was me." <laughs> or I try to hide sometimes, but you know, I think most people have become familiar with me from there. I will say. Sure. Well, we'll touch on that a little bit later, but before we get into that, when did you discover music? You know, I actually discovered music on G-Status season to to give you some backstory. I always wanted to put that on my, um, you know, I wanted to be one of them people, one of them people like a bucket list person. Oh, I want to make a song. Everybody's doing it. Let me just try it. You know what I'm saying? Be one of those people. and now I actually hate those people but I actually came from being one of those people so I just said I wanted to make a song you know you'd be singing and people like oh you got a you got a decent voice are you okay I hear you Uh, you know what I'm saying so without any musical experience or anything like that I actually um asked one of my friends who is an artist an established artist um I don't know if you know of him, Jatuan from We Were Born. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Yeah, I'm, yeah, big fan. Amazing music. He um, actually, you know, I asked him, I was like, hey, can you help me with music? Can you help me write a song? He was like, oh, yeah, you know. He said, I would love to. And so one day we just got together. Um, he helped me write some of um, my first single. And, you know, we started recording it. I was terrible, horrible. It was a horrible experience. Like I was so, I mean, I was so humbled by it because you think that it's easy to record music and you're like, oh, I could just go in there and just sing with how I, you know, it's not like singing in your kitchen or in your bathroom. It's really like you have, it's work. Like we were there for like hours just trying to record a verse and a hook. And thank God he was so patient with me. He was so just like helpful and he was giving me constructive criticism and stuff like that. Some of it was funny. Um, <laughs> he was like, oh, you kind of tone deaf, huh? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I actually made it through it. And, you know, I recorded the song, got it mixed and mastered. And then I put it out and people really liked it. And I was like, oh my God. So then I was like, let me make a project and see how that goes. Because I actually enjoyed the feedback. I enjoyed the, you know, just the response that I got from it. And I was just like, you know, let me actually take it a step further. Let me start doing vocal lessons and, you know, practicing more and, you know, getting 
just better at my craft and putting out good visuals has always been a thing for me. Like I have, I can now say that I've graduated into a full blown artist and not just somebody who just want to make a song one time, you know what I'm saying? Like some people who, I mean, it's okay if you do that, but like, you know, <laughs> I, I actually take it very seriously. I don't put out crap. I don't know, can we curse on here? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't put out no bullshit. I don't put out no bullshit, you know, bullshit ass music that don't be mixed or mastered to sound like record that shit in your goddamn closet or something, which some people (laughs) do. And there's nothing wrong with that too. Just make sure it don't sound like it. Right. But yeah, that's that's what I think. Nice. So when it comes to your own music, What's the one song of yours that you would recommend to my audience that would allow them to instantly get to know you? Um, I'm gonna do two. I'm sorry, I'm gonna do two. Sure, <laughs> go for it. Um, definitely my first song, single. It's called mm-hmm. Single. Um, it definitely tells you about my journey through just like how I feel about love and relationships and stuff like that. It definitely gives you a little bit of backstory as to you know, who I am as a person and just a, just a fun, joyous spirit. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you know, I'm like easy to talk to, although you ain't, you can't, you know, don't think that I'm your man, but we can, you know, we can have a conversation, you know, I'm personable. And I think that that song actually talks about that. Another song is called Favorite. And I just think that that musically sonically is like one of my best songs it actually sounds really really good like I was actually surprised myself at how good it actually came out and it's about love and just and not love particularly but just more so just enjoying a person even if they aren't completely yours but you know just being vulnerable and stuff like that which I am sometimes with certain people and I think that that displays that as well Okay, I dig that. So, describe to me the moment that you knew you were talented. Um, the moment I knew that I was talented was actually my first live performance of my first song. Okay. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was July 8, 2020. It was in the middle of COVID and stuff, you know. So it was at a um, one of my um, a guy I, I'm dating. It was at his um, it was at his friend's birthday party. His friend had really liked my song, and he asked me to perform there. There was a lot of people there. It's in a backyard at a mansion. It was like a pool that was like, you know, God rest his soul. But Little Keed was there, like the rapper that mm-hmm. passed away. Mm-hmm. He was there and um, Tokyo Vanity was there. And like, I got up there, I had to go first because they were performing as well. There was uh, some other performers too, but they wanted me to mm-hmm. go first. I had my dancers and stuff like that. So I sang my song. I mean, I, I came early, I didn't eat anything. It was just like, it was a it was a hectic day. I had a lot of like personal issues going on with so-called friends who I'm not friends with now. and. You know, I just had to truck through it and I was there. I didn't eat all day, like I said, and I've been there since like, I think I want to say like I got there at like two o'clock and did sound check. Everything was fine. We waited around till about seven or eight. And then I performed my three minute song. And then when I got done, I just 
I got the playback of it and I just started crying because people were just like clapping for me. People knew the song and it just made me cry because I never actually felt like I was talented until that moment. I never felt like I was meant for anything until that moment, which is so sad to say. Um, you just being beat down so much by like, like I said, I was on G status at the time. So like being beat down by the comments and people saying you were boring, you don't do nothing and all this other stuff. To finally say that you actually did something and even though nobody saw it, it wasn't on the show or anything like that. The performance is up, but just the feeling of it and the feeling of release of that energy was everything for me. And that, that's when I knew like, I'm, I'm, I'm a big deal. <laughs> In, my, in, in, in reality, yeah. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Describe the moment that you're going to feel like you've made it as an artist. When I get my Grammy, God damn it. Period. <laughs> now, if I win an award on like a big platform, like, I mean, I've won an award before. Like, I, I won a, uh, what's called the Boss Babe Awards. I was the first ever singer to win in their first annual situation and they got another one coming up I'm nominated again but nice. to, to say that I really made it is to get to work with just like other artists that I admire like like mainstream great people like I would love I would feel like I made it if I can get into those types of rooms and situations just to have those moments yeah well, congratulations on the Boss Babe Award and congratulations on the future Grammy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, for that. I'm now, speaking of. Very, very much manifestation to you. Yeah. Now, before we get into your reality television experience, mm -hmm. let's play a quick game. Cool. Okay. Now, I created my own little version of this or that, and I have a few questions that I'm going to give you choices of which one would you rather. Okay. Okay. Buy jewelry or buy property? Buy property. Get your body done or stay natural? Stay natural. Sign to a label or stay indie? Indie. <laughs> Ballad or up-tempo? Up tempo. Rapper for the feature or a singer? Ooh, rapper for the feature. Okay. Be in a group or stay a solo artist? Stay a solo artist. Go on tour or have a residency? Ooh, tour. Okay. Sexy video or serious video? Sexy. <laughs> okay. Win a Grammy or win a Soul Train Award? Win a Soul Train Award. That would mean so much to me. Have a feature or, or sorry, be a feature or, or have a solo song? Um, Have a solo song, definitely. <laughs> nice. Have a mixtape with original music or jacking for beat? Uh, wait, what? Say that again? Have a mixtape with all original music or an old school jacking for beat mixtape? 
Oh no, I'll take an original. Thank you, please. <laughs> release an album or or release an EP. I would love albums. Same. Last one. Big Whitney vocals or smooth vocals like Aaliyah? Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. So I love a big Whitney vocal on other people, but to listen to sometimes a smooth Aaliyah for me. I'm sorry. A smooth Aaliyah. I like big vocals on Whitney's great, but a smooth Aaliyah on me because I like a vibe. There, there are no wrong answers here. Yeah. We love that. But Whitney, I love Nippy now. Don't play with my Nippy. Okay. Shout out <laughs> to the Nipster. We yes. love you dearly. Miss now, absolutely. Now, getting into your reality TV bag a little bit, tell me about what went into the decision to go out for reality television in the first place. In this case, she said it's ATL Hustle. And what was the casting process like for you? Hmm. So, um, actually, I just received an email from the producers at G. Uh, I, uh, no, I received a DM, I'm sorry, on Instagram. And they just was like, hey, we would like for you to audition for this show, um, this reality show that we're putting together. Um, they gave me just like a little background of it and just what to do. Um, so I put together a, just like a nine, I think it was like a nine minute video. It was actually pretty long, um, where they had these questions that they wanted answered or whatever in the video so I had one of my friends come over and just read the questions off to me and I just answered them and I submitted the video and boom bam boom I was on there mm, nice that was it <laughs> so when you signed on what story were you looking to tell or rather what was it that you wanted the audience to receive from you um, in the beginning, I would say on the first season, what I was trying to portray was just a level-headed person as far as, you know, and just somebody who's curious about, you know, the industry, because that was just my first time stepping out and doing anything creative, honestly. Um, my storyline, I guess if you want to call it that, at the time was supposed to be, you know, just an aspiring model, you know, just mm -hmm. wanting to do print work. I was working with um, photographers in um, Atlanta at first, and I was a brand ambassador for an underwear line, you know, at the time, and my body was lit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did a few runway uh, uh, fashion shows, and, you know, I was just really trying to hit the ground running and trying to learn more about just, like, industry professionals and stuff like that. So that was my reason for doing it and my storyline or whatever you want to call it. But then, you know, when I got there, it was just like, Oh, okay. It's not that. Okay, cool. There's <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of angry bitches just yelling at each other. Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so, when it comes to the production side of things, how was the actual filming process for you? Take me through a typical day of filming. Well, usually, um, I had my own car. So, some of the girls. I have my own <laughs> car, so um, um, I would show up, you know, 
have already eaten, got myself prepped together to, you know, for whatever the day may hold. I was usually the one of the first ones there because I had my own core. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, I was always on time. I was always professional. I always knew what the assignment was. You know, I, I don't think they really prepped us that much for like the situation. I mean, they would just tell us on the call sheet what the situation is supposed to be. And, you know, they would just let us just go. So we would just do our thing. I usually showed up on time and I would leave on time. You know what I'm saying? And do my thing. But yeah, it was it was a, it was an interesting experience. You, you would never. I was I was always genuinely surprised at certain things that were being said or the conversation pieces that people decided to have sometimes. And it was just kind of like, really, that's what y'all want to talk about? Okay, got it. It was a learning experience, I will say. The first season, definitely. Second season, I definitely went into it with a little bit more you know, uh, bigger as far as like what I wanted to talk about versus just being a part of other people's conversations. I tried to anyway, let's just say that. I don't know how that was portrayed. <laughs> sure. Right. What do you take away from the reception of the audience now that your first two seasons have aired? Um, people genuinely, genuinely, at first, people genuinely hated my fucking guts. <laughs> oh, I got called so many names. I got called so many names. I was called, uh, what was I called? Like ugly this and all of this and gaps and teeth problems. And I was like, oh my God, they love me. They love me. You like me. You really, you really, really, really like, like me. me. I knew I had made it big when this one lady was like, Tramel is too un he is unattractive as hell and he should not be talking. I said, Oh damn. I said and then I had to respond to that one. I was like, girl, I gotta be I gotta be cute to have an opinion. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Touched the nerve. I said, damn girl, how about it? How about it? <laughs> but no, um, I think first season most people hated my fucking guts. Um, second season, I feel like they just, um, they kind of, I kind of like fell to the back a little bit for most of it. And I mean, people still really didn't like me, but they always just found the weirdest reasons to not like me. Like, uh, if I go on a date with somebody in the situation, the person is being like vulgar with me, like Tramiel's acting all stuck up. Why won't he just let the boy fuck him? I'm like, wait, what? Whoa. <laughs> Like, that's why he's single now. That's why he ain't got nobody. I'm like, wow. Because you ain't right here got pussy? Really? I was like, because I'm not just like, because I'm just not like, okay, got it. Got it. It was just weird. It was like, he's so uptight. I'm like, okay. I'm uptight because I ain't with the, like, sucking dick jokes. Really? Okay. I mean, all right. Got it. It just got a little strange after a while. But then they, you know, I learned to not read the comments. And after a while, you know, I was just, I was cool. I just watched the show and then I would just get off. And then most people would just leave me alone. Like nobody really came at me strange. So I was actually cool with it. Like I, I made, I made it through. Now, when it comes to your cast, how often did you feel differently about a situation that happened during the season? after seeing all of the footage that you weren't privy to once the show airs? 
Um, well, I can say that from for the most part, like season one, I was genuinely shocked that people had certain things to say about me at the time. I don't know if they were just trying to be funny, but I thought we were actually on a good accord with each other, honestly, because I tried to have conversations with certain people beforehand or afterhand. And even if I saw something that I was just like, huh, were you throwing shots? Like, I mean, are we cool? Are we not cool? Like, mm-hmm. I just need to know. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, we're fine. And then they would do something else. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, sometimes that would happen. But, you know, I guess anything for TV at the end of the day, I really, like, I really stood on most of the things that I said. Like, I never had any, like, malice towards anybody with anything that I've ever said. I would just call out a situation as I saw it. And I would just be like, oh, okay, well, that's what that is. And that's how I feel about it. I ain't mad at nobody about it because honestly, I don't have a dog in that fight. But people would just get so upset when I would say stuff. And I was just like, okay, um, well, I don't have no problem with you, but I'm still going to, I still stand on what I said. They weren't like that with me. Like, if they had a problem with what I said and then they say something about me, they'd be like, oh no, we're cool. And then they would say something else. No, I would be like, I don't have a problem with you. I said what I said and I meant it, but that's none of my business. But I said it because they asked me. They asked me my opinion, but it's still at the end of the day, none of my business. So I'm just, I was between a rock and a hard place. They would go personal. I would go only based on the situation. Mm. Like you're taking personal digs, like, oh, he looks like this. So why is he talking and da 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 this? I would be like, that was real fucked up that you did that to that man. And I think that that was really, really sickening. Like, why would you do that? But they would get mad at me about that. But then they would make personal attacks. Like, no, nah, we're cool. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> How? How? How, Sway? But yeah, right. a lot of that would happen. It was just be like, okay. So I learned that, you know, certain times and certain people just, you know, you just got to just take it with a grain of salt and just realize that it just is what it is and just move through it. That's what I did. Absolutely. Speaking of your cast, what percentage would you say are your actual friends versus the percentage that are just your coworkers? Which season are we talking about? Season one or two? I'll let you decide. You can give me one or the other or either. What sticks out to you? Um, I would say season... On season two, what percentage of them are my friends right now, today? Um, I would say there was there was ten cast members or nine, ten. I'll say ten percent. Okay. All right. <laughs> Got you. Do you have a dynamic that you prefer? Would you rather go through reality television with people who you can call your friends off camera? Or would you rather just show up, clock in, do your job and go home? You know what? Let's let's, let's, let's break that on down just a little bit. Do we got sure. time? Do we got time? We, we absolutely have time. Okay, so let's go with season one. I'll start there. Um, when I went into that, I was actually genuinely wanting to just make friends and I was trying to like be like, well, not uh, no, 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 I'm lying. I went into it with the with the open mindedness 
of these co-workers <laughs> to possibly come out with a friend heir too. Clearly, I came out with hardly none. I came out with none. Uh, they were cool, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I don't have no problem with nobody, obviously. I mean, that was so long ago. And I, when I see any of them out and about, like, of course, it's just all love and just, hey, how you doing? But do I talk to any of them to call them my friend? No. Friend is such a strong word, right? Um, so I'm not friends with any of them. And that's not a bad, like... I don't want to put a bad taste in anybody's mouth when, it's, when I say I'm not friends with any of them because genuinely we don't talk about anything with each other ever. Sure. Um, going into season two, um, I will say that I have come out of it with one friend. One person who I do regularly talk to on a regular basis out of all of them that were there. There was only one person that I still you know, I'm connected with and still connect with. I hung out with them just like a couple of weeks ago, actually. So, yeah. Um, did I want, I wanted friends. I tried to make friends in the second season. Let's just say that. I tried to make friends in the second season. And that fucked me over. <laughs> trying to be friends with these people who are weird. You know what I'm saying? So, I've learned my lesson. And so, if I were to ever go into another reality TV situation, definitely giving coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> you as a coworker, do not call me, do not talk to me. We will show up to this. I mean, I'll definitely hang out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? We can talk a little bit, but baby, you're not my friend. Let us not do that. And then after that season, we'll see what really happens afterwards. You will never be my friend on the season. It, it what happens after these seasons are done is when you determine if they're you're really your friend or not. But it's a definitely a coworker clock in, go home situation for me. Moving forward, if I were to ever do anything like that again. I can totally understand that. Yeah. What do you think was the hardest thing for you to film during your time on reality TV? Um I think the hardest thing for me to film was situations that I did not want to talk about that didn't happen on camera. Like, if somebody mm. just comes out the blue and just starts attacking you about something that happened, but it didn't happen on camera, so no, there's no context there. So now it's just up for interpretation by everyone. And then it becomes a, well, who has the best story? Who has the best confessional? Who has the best this and this and that? So I really don't like filming stuff like that. I like for everything to be out in the open so you know everything already. And then you know how to proceed. But like when you're walking into situations where you don't know, like wild card situations where things happened off camera and it gets brought to the camera and now you got to actually deal with it in that particular fashion. I don't like that. That's hard to film because it's hard to have a an opinion because at the same time, like you want to fight your case, but then you want to, you're, you're, under, you're, you're trying to not talk about it because that's not something you want to talk about, something that's not on camera because you don't know how that's going to go. It's hard to maneuver through that. It's impossible damn near because you don't know how you're going to look. And that happened to me in the second season, so that's why I mentioned it. Now, on the flip side of that, what do you think has been the most rewarding or the most fulfilling thing for you to film while you were on TV? Um, 
actually I will say the most rewarding thing was definitely seeing other people shine and watching them at their events and stuff like that like although I didn't have as many events and I didn't have as many you know group things I did film some things that just really just got cut you know what I'm saying um, the most rewarding for me was seeing other people shine and seeing other people have their moments and stuff like that. Even though mine were really good and they were private moments, you know, like I got to uh, film with Sammy, the singer, like that was really dope when I did um, season two. That was really dope. But watching other people shine, those are definitely more rewarding scenes for me because you just get to see like we're not doing this for nothing like we're not just doing it to fight all the time but to actually see somebody win on camera or even during the scene it's like yeah that's that's dope I love that now do you feel like the person that the audience received from you on the show outside of the physical appearance bullshit which really has no bearings on this conversation do you feel like the person that the audience received from you on the show was the same person that you presented to them on camera god no (laughs) (laughs) no they chopped me up to look well I've been chopped up to look like a a, a egotistical maniac who only a uppity bitch who don't give a fuck about nobody and is just mean as shit and talk shit about people behind their backs and stuff like that And I would just like to dispel the rumor that I don't talk about people behind their backs. Everybody knows everything that I've ever said. I don't hide anything. I've never hidden anything. Nobody's never been upset with me for, you know, telling the truth. They just might act like it. But I've always been dope and everybody loved me. Like when we were filming, I was always the funny one. I was always the silly one. I was always the one who just, you know, made everybody laugh because I was just genuinely unbothered. And that's how I am in my real life. And contrary to popular belief, as much as people say, oh, he was ugly, he wasn't this, he wasn't that. Baby, I was the most sought after one. Everybody wanted to get a piece of Tramel now. Everybody wanted to date me. Period. Be clear. Yeah, they all tried to, you know, slide in these DMs. Well, not all of them. I ain't gonna say all of them. It was a good handful. <laughs> a good handful. And I was just like, oh, okay. And that was even supposed to be part of season two, but they cut that because they didn't want Tremel to look like a fine motherfucker on this damn show. Which, I mean, how do you, like, edit your face to not be your face? Sure. I don't okay. know. I don't think, I, mean, I ain't even gonna hold you up. Sometimes I'll be looking at myself on the camera. I'm like, ooh, Tremel, why did you make that face, baby? But you know, <laughs> it'd be the facial expressions that be killing people about me. I feel like I do make a lot of ugly faces. I ain't even gonna hold you up. Um, but in real life, like I'm fine as shit and people love me Back. and people want to date me. And you know, it shit happens. <laughs> I feel you on that. Yeah. So my assumption is that you won't be on season three. You assuming that? I'm assuming based on just context clues, but I'm leaving the space with an ellipsis dot 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 open for correction. Oh, I can't I can't either confirm nor deny that. I don't know. I've seen them filming a few times. Um okay. I can't say whether I'll be on that or nothing or anything like that, like amio wise, but um was it to answer your question, was I a full cast member? 
in that full cast member situation did I sign a full cast member contract no I did not okay so to close the reality TV chapter of your life and to scoot on back into music what has reality television taught you about people um reality TV has taught me that depending on the show depending on the direction depending on the funding of the situation and the viewership people can turn into the worst of the worst type of monsters and people would do anything to be on part of this web reality world like literally do anything step on anybody say anything about anybody or lie about anything just to get on there and I find it sad me I've never begged anybody for a position on a show or anything like that if I don't get it I don't get it have I auditioned for other shows um yeah sure well one or two maybe but like I'm not begging to be on a show I'm not like killing myself to get on a show some people are like and it's really really sad and when they don't get what they want they really turn into demons like they will do anything to tear down a situation and I've seen that in the worst way so I just tell people just be careful and know and be intentional about like why you're going into reality TV and what it really is going to mean to you and what kind of longevity you're really going to get from it and if it's worth like arguing and fighting and hurting each other and doing all these things just to say you got a little bit of camera time and somebody knows your name but they don't even know what you do in real life and the second part of that question is what have you learned about yourself from experiencing reality TV that I'm nothing like none of those people (laughs) I'm my own person I've learned that you know I I do have a soft heart and I do give people a lot of chances where they don't deserve any. So like I said, if I was going into another reality situation, definitely guard is up, um, attitude on 10. So I'm gonna be the person that they, I'm actually going to be the person that they portrayed me to be, which is odd, right? I'm gonna be walking around with my nose up, but guess what? I'm gonna be doing it intentionally. That the, the one times I was doing, I was just really trying to figure out like what is going on. I was unbothered by everything, but I was just like, oh, I'm not doing that for, you know, just for a show. I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. I'm like, y'all are really acting like this. And then I would talk about people like I was downing them, but I was really like genuinely concerned. Right now, I don't care. Now, if I was going into a new situation, I don't care. Y'all just get to do whatever y'all going to do. I'm going to do me and I'm going to be very unbothered. I'm going to be very, very, very much tough fuck y'all <laughs> and I'm gonna say that wholeheartedly with my chest up instead of squeaking it out now I'm definitely a bitch now as you should talk your shit yeah. absolutely cause y'all can't fuck with me I don't did too you much you want the right show for that I will tell you to talk your shit <laughs> you, you want the right but show but I'm still a nice person like if you if you show me respect I show respect which, you know you show me respect I show you respect but if you disrespect me baby it is up stuck and forever fuck Chuck <laughs> I love that <laughs> absolutely love that now to get back into your music CeeLo yep what are you working on now that we should be looking forward to um, like I said, I am working, I'm just doing concepts for my new videos. I want to do um, probably three visuals before I start working on new music. Um, I actually 
set myself a like a little goal of if I reach 10,000 followers on Instagram, that's when I'm going to start recording my next song. And what I want that song, I want what I want my next project to be about, which probably won't be released until probably the end of this year, more than likely. Um, what I want that new project to say is I want to give a vulnerable perspective of mental health and, you know, just how being in relationships can, you know, hurt you and stuff like that. And like how I've been hurt in relationships. And I also want to talk about friendships and like how those hurt just as bad as relationships and how, you know, just just talk a little bit of shit about people who, you know, play in people's faces about friendships and relationships and stuff like that. Like, cause that's happened to me and how, you know, it's okay to express that. You know what I'm saying? Being confident and being, you know, just just knowing that it's really not you. And that's what I want my next project to be about. And I want people to connect with that on that level. It's definitely gonna be some deep-rooted R&B. Like, it's gonna be my first. I'm gonna try to do, like, a strictly R&B project. Whereas I did a little bit of pop and contemporary R&B for my... But I want this to be, like, some soul-touching type stuff. Like, soul R&B. Right. So if you could speak to the progression that you've had from your projects, if you could speak to how you grew as an artist from six page letter to mixed feelings and then from mixed feelings to what this new project will be called, what do you think that the growth has been? Well, six page letter was really my testament to just trying and trying to just open up some and just trying to show that that vulnerable naivety of me and just, you know, where I was at that time was just very um, untrained and just, I just pretty much, I honestly just threw that together, like really fast. I wrote that whole project in COVID, in the middle of the pandemic while I was at work at my desk, just chilling. Um, I wrote that whole thing and then I recorded it and then I just released it and it did well. My second project, what the growth from that was, I actually took some more time. I gathered up a lot more, you know, just content as far as a, a individual for myself and just tried to explore more sexiness and more, you know, of a side of myself that doesn't, I mean, it exists in there and, I, and a, a side of myself that I've seen because a lot of the songs are just really just like, confidence based and it's just all about like I'm this type of guy I'm this type of guy I can do this for you I can make you this and I can you know I can fuck you like this and type stuff like that you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. which is it's, it's a part of me but it's not holistically me it's just more so like thoughts and feelings that you know I want to grow into eventually you know so I went from a naive person to a, a dreamer in a sense with from one project to the next and then I want to say that my next project is definitely going to be a soul-fulfilling journey completion, I want to say. You know what I'm saying? I want it to be something Absolutely. that's hard-hitting that people can really gravitate to, that people can just sit back and listen to. It might not be as dancey, it might not be as, you know, you know, uh, you know, up-tempo, but it's definitely going to be some soft. I want to go for like a Daniel Caesar, like... Frank Ocean type vibe you know what I'm saying something real just together I love that I absolutely love that 
if you could remake a classic song, what would it be and why? You know, I got to, um, I would Go do Broken it. Hearted or um, by Brandy. Yeah. And I would also do uh, Faith Evans, Soon As I Get Home. Those uh, are my jams. When I, I tell you those today, songs, today. really? I just cried to, as soon as I get home today. That song always gets me because the way she sings it, like the way, like those two songs are just made. That's just R&B gold to me. I don't know. There's something about a raspy voiced woman just talking about her feelings just gets me all the time. I and those songs great. I play daily. <laughs> yes. Like, uh great choice. I would love to remake like the male version to those songs. Do you have an artist that you would want to remake um, Broken Hearted with? Oh. Um, who would be your Wanye? Who would be my Wanye? Let me see. Famous or not famous? Let me think. That's your choice. Right. You write um, this check. If I could, okay, I'll do. I'll do both. Somebody who I would love to work with that I haven't worked with yet. Um, y'all probably. I mean, of course, nobody really knows her. She's um, she's an underground artist. Obviously, her name is um, Jessica, and she is amazing. Like, I actually might do a song with like with her. I already told her that I want to do a song with her, so it, it might happen. It could be something broken hearted you know, field, you know what I'm saying? And um, if it was a famous person, I would want it to be, um, actually, I would want it to be motherfucking Beyonce. <laughs> Word. No, um, I would actually want to do it with Brandy. I would uh, want, I would, I would love to just like sing with her. I love Brandy. Uh, her or Jeff Brandy is one shot. of those two. I know Jeff is going to fuck it up all the way. No question. Yeah. yeah, let's go for Jasmine. I'll go for Jasmine Sullivan on the on the on the other, like on the other on the other side of success. Okay. Let's see. Now, if somebody dropped a bag on you to put together your dream tour, who are the artists that you're taking with you? Um, let's see. Who do I take with me? Um, <laughs> I would take, I would grab up Summer Walker. So you're taking Summer Walker. Yeah, so I'm taking Summer Walker. Um, love her. Uh, love Summer. I would love somebody fun. So I would probably take Saucy Santana because he's high right now, honestly. And he's funny sure. too. Um, I want a fun tour. Like, I would want them to. Because I think Summer Walker, I, I know, she, honestly, she's not like the best, like, when it comes to like stage presence and stuff like that. But she sings her motherfucking ass off. She gets the crowd going. 
you know what I'm saying? So uh, her, uh, definitely um, Saucy Santana. I really, 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 really like Chloe Bailey. Like she is setting some shit off. And I would definitely bring like a few of my um, independent artist friends. Um, one of them, her name is Teresa Rue. I would love to have her there with me because we can perform our song together. I would take my friend Carl K-Star. Yeah, that's it. That's all I would need. Love that. We like five acts, that's a lot. I mean, we're going to do a couple, two, a couple of cities. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. What makes a perfect song for you? I am a, I'm a lyricist, so mm-hmm. the lyrics gotta hit me a certain type of way for me to think it's a perfect song. I gotta feel it. I gotta understand what you're talking about. So to be perfectly honest, like most of the rap that they have now, I don't understand it, so I can't really vibe with it. I mean, the beats be nice, but I don't really understand what they be talking about for the most part. Like it be mumble rap, it be like. I don't understand that. But um like some songs that I've recently started listening to, like uh, just just came out was of course the um Pray It Away. Like I have to ask people, like, do y'all really know what she's talking about? Like Pray It Away <laughs> with Chloe Bailey. Like mm-hmm. she's talking some real stuff. Like this is like mental health type stuff. Like I need to go to church. Exactly. Because I might kill this motherfucker. Like if I don't pray it away, like he's done these things to me I'm mentally triggered like I love songs like that songs that are actually speaking to your soul um Summer Walker does that SZA does that very well even though she puts a lot of she she does a lot of um playing around with like tones and and as far as like and harmonies and stuff like that and sometimes it's you can kind of miss what she's talking about and one song Mm -hmm. in particular No Love where she and no love featuring summer walk i mean summer walker featuring SZA, like in her part she's literally talking about some you know i, I played myself <laughs> and listening to how she put that together was just like especially with the words that she used i'm like girl how but i get it i love songs like that songs that are made to make you feel something through the words and not just the beat and the melody you know and these big notes but you can actually hear what they're talking about you can feel it deep down in your spirit because it's like touching. Absolutely. Listening to Chloe Bailey thing is like transcendent for me. Like, like we just don't hear voices like that anymore. Like, like we, like, we, like, like, like I feel like people in future generations will be talking about Chloe Bailey like we talk about like Faith Evans and them. Like yeah. just that voice. It's just like, oh. It's the so saddest thing that I heard the saddest thing that I heard was that I mean it wasn't sad but it was kind of like it was sad because it was kind of true they said the last round of singing actual singing females out were K. Michelle and Tamar Braxton like mm-hmm. there have not been any females since now Chloe Bailey but like there haven't been any real like R&B women out who actually sing anymore mm-hmm. like since them because they came out like what, around like 20 what, like 15 something like that 16 for around real, for there. Real. yeah we haven't had no singing women since then like no real singing like I'm gonna hit some high notes on you 
yeah, yeah before them we had Cole and we had uh of course we had monica brandy and all the, the, the singing girls but after that like after tamar and K, uh k michelle's like who <laughs> there was a lack of throat I there was a lack of, there was a lack quite there was a lack of throat out there Shout out to Chloe because she's out here doing vocal exercises people can't do in a Pilates or a yoga class. Hello. So. My girl sings down. Down. Now, speaking of transformative music, how will your music change the industry? Honestly, like, I want to say that my music is different than definitely different than most independent artists that I know I mean I don't I don't um I don't do ballads I haven't done a ballad not yet I might do one one day but um I think my music is more so for just the every everyday person if you actually listen to what I'm talking about like it's for somebody it and you can take it so many different ways you can put yourself in I, I make music for people to where you can put yourself in the situation or you can be, you know, affected by the situation, if that makes sense. Like you can put yourself in my shoes or you can put yourself in the shoes of the person that I'm talking about. I try to make music that, hey, so like, for example, single, I'm talking about my experiences about being single, but you can also talk, you can also think of it as a way of like, oh, maybe I should get with him or he's saying he's so friendly and da-da-da-da this or maybe I should take a chance and get to know somebody, you know, even if they just are single and they just want to, you know, get to know me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can play it so many different ways and you can take it so many different ways and that's the type of music that I make and I think most people don't make music like like that. Like, you see, they're just your perspective only and, you know, you're just listening to me live live my life versus actually being able to connect with it on that deeper level of this could be me or I could be the person that he's talking about. I can sing this song and put myself in those shoes or I can listen to this song and think that he's singing it about me. That's beautiful. We need that type of detail and intricacy back in music. I I absolutely love that for you. Yeah. What do you want your stamp on the music industry to be? Um, I want, I just want people to know that I, I put my best foot forward and that you can do this at any age. It don't matter how old you are. You know, it's just, it's, music is for everybody. And that's what I want my stamp on the world to be. I want them to say, hey, Tramiel did this. And, you know, he didn't let nobody stop him. And, you know, he made some shit happen. And I definitely sold some shit. That's what I want Absolutely. people to know. Nice. What keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Mm-hmm. Um... not fulfilling my potential if not being successful keeps me up at night being sad about well not being sad about it but just wanting it so badly to just I don't know prove it to myself and to show 
myself that I'm not wasting away. And I just, I mean, that's a fear of mine, honestly. I ain't even gonna hold you up. It's a fear of mine just to be wasting away and not doing what I really wanna do, not living my life, because there's so many people who are losing their lives around me and so many people that are losing their lives in front of me, whether it be, you know, I see it on social media, on the news and stuff like that. So I just, just living my life the way I need to live it and being sure that I'm doing it right and on my terms, that's what keeps me up at night. Just knowing that I'm doing it right. No matter what it is, I'm doing it right. Even though so a lot of people be trying to tell me I'm doing it wrong, but I don't feel like I'm doing it right. Well, people always tell you to follow your instincts, right? Yep, they try to. Or they, no, actually, nobody, people tell you to follow your instincts when they really care about you. People who don't give a shit about you will tell you to do what they say. There you go. They're going to give you their opinion and their opinion. Oh, you should do this or you should do that. And why would you do that? Or why would you do this? People who genuinely care about you and want you to do, or they actually trust you enough to make your own decisions and stuff like that, they'll tell you, like, follow your instincts. Well, I'm here to tell you, follow your instincts. Oh, thank you. I, I plan to. <laughs> Because I'll tell you, you know, there have been times where I have had regrets in my life or things that I wish I would have done differently. And most of the time, the thing I wish I would have done differently was followed my damn good. Right. So, there you go. <laughs> Me too. With certain, certain people, shit, especially. Get the fuck on up out of here, girl. <laughs> follow your instincts get rid of that bitch today <laughs> do you follow think you found your cuss that bitch out today I'm sorry not cuss her ass out yes follow your instincts cuss that bitch out today so if you get a random text message from somebody cussing you the fuck out and you happen to be listening to this podcast know that they heard it too <laughs> And thank both of y'all for listening. You're welcome. Do you think you found yourself yet? Um, I think I'm starting to, honestly. Um, I think I've been lost for a long time. I think I've been lost in just who I wanted to be and how I wanted to live. And I'm still battling with it, but I think I've gotten to a place now where I think I found a, a rhythm of you know just not letting things just take me all the way down because I want to say that when I was younger when I was in my early 20s I was very sure of myself or at least I thought I was you know as sure as you can be at 21 20 and you think that you know you got it together and you know how to handle people and stuff like that and you're grown right but like I'm grown grown now so like can't nobody tell me nothing I think um Jill Scott said it best. She said, if you can tell me what to do, then you can tell me what to do. But if you can't tell me what to do, you can't tell me what to do. Then you can't tell me what to do. Right. Mm. And so that's how I feel about, that's how I live my life now. It's like motto. That's my motto now. Like, if you you sold more music than me or you make better visuals than me, 
you trending higher than I am, then maybe we can have a discussion about what you think I could do differently or how I, if I'm, you know, going the right path or whatever. But if I don't know you, you ain't did nothing that I'm doing. You can't comment on me. You can't tell me who I am, who I'm supposed to be. You can't tell me none of that. And that's where I'm at with just everybody and everything. And I feel like it took me a while to get here to answer your question. Like it took me a while to get to this place and I just want to go further in knowing who I am. I know I don't know exactly who I am or who I'm gonna be, but I know who you're not gonna tell me I am. Nice. I love that. I love that. Now, what does the person that you've become today tell your younger self in retrospect? Um, in retrospect, don't get so caught up in the hype around people. You know, um, people are just people. My younger self, I just—I wish I would have known that and just let people just live their lives. I think my younger self tried to control a lot of things around me and now I've lost so much control over things. I just feel like I feel so bogged down sometimes. So I wish in my younger days, I had more of a lease on just removing yourself from certain situations. And see, now that I'm so free of situations, people try to bring me into things that have nothing to do with me. So when I tell my younger self, damn, bitch, you had it, you had it right the first time. Cuss these bitches out and disappear. <laughs> Cuss these bitches out and disappear. Now I just feel like, hell, I just be chilling. I just be chilling. But my younger self needs to, you know, should have given me some more some more clues on what I'd be dealing with when I got older. People just changed. I don't know. When I was younger, it was a different generation of people. You know what? I take all that back. Everything I just said, that was bullshit. When I was younger, yeah. it was a different generation of people. So I grew up into some bullshit. <laughs> when I was younger, that was the 90s. <laughs> the early 2000s is when I was really a grown-up for the well, I started growing up. Now the this 2020 something. I'm I ain't gonna tell you, but I, to be honest, I'm pushing 40. And I grew up around some fucked up ass people. These people now are really fucked up. They just doing weird shit. And I don't understand these young people now. When I was younger, we didn't do this type of stuff. So it was easier to, you know, just control yourself. But now it's just like, I don't know. It, I can't tell myself nothing about my younger self because shit, it's so different now. Different. Totally get that. Totally get that. And I'm not even, I'm only 31, but I'm seeing the way people move today. And I'm like, I don't understand society. Yeah, okay, no, sure. Yeah, people are weird. Like people are weird these days. They do things to each other like like people trying to just like, I don't know. You know something real small about somebody and then you just blow it up to a place where it just makes it weird. Like I know you you got pink toenails. If you got pink toenails, you just got pink toenails. Somebody run around and say, you got pink toenails and it's a fungus and all this other stuff. Like, bitch, how did that happen? Bitch, I just got pink toenails. It's not that serious. 
people doing things to hurt each other and it's just I just don't understand it and people lying just to people lie and pretend to be your friend just to get up in your business so they can use that to hurt you what is all this energy for (laughs) and how do you have this much time how do you have this time baby this is a real dedication yeah people literally will befriend you just so they can sneak around and get information on you to use on you later and tell to their other friends, their real friends. I've had, I've seen this happen. It's happened to me. It's just weird. I don't do that. I don't. If I don't like you, you know I don't like you. If I don't fuck with you, you know I don't fuck with you. Now I will I still tell my younger self, hey, you should be more. You have more discernment when it comes to people and get rid of people faster than what you were getting rid of. And I had to tell myself that again because I let people talk me into not being so quick to cut somebody off. Oh, maybe it wasn't like that. No, it actually was. Seeing people for who they are. Once I see you for who you are, you can get the you can get the fuck ASAP. <laughs> okay. Ha! Ah! Is shit. I was like, this oh, you, bitch? Weird. Like, oh, bitch, this is this you? you? <laughs> oh, okay. This you? Oh, got okay. it. Damn, shawty. Say less. Shit, I had that. I had that moment this week. Bitch, this you? Oh, hell. Two years down the drain. Bitch, damn. That's, wow. Knowing a bitch I shouldn't have been knowing. God damn it. How do you want to be remembered? I just want to be remembered as somebody who was fun, caring, and just a joy to be around. I don't want nobody to say, I, and even if they do say it, it'll be like, you know, he was a real bitch now. <laughs> I want them to laugh <laughs> when they say it. But, you know, it was all in love. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of person that I want to be. He was an asshole, but he was a fun one. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You cuss me if out, this... just put a little joke behind. <laughs> yeah. If you cuss me out, just say LOL. It's fine. Yeah. Cuss me out and say, girl, I'm, I'm laughing at you still. <laughs> okay. Is there anything that you would like to share with my audience and I that I didn't cover in our conversation today? No, you actually did a really good job. I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you. You know, I've been in a few acting roles. Check out some of the movies that I've been in. They're on YouTube. Most of them, I believe. But um, The Assistant, The Assistant 2, check those out. Those are really dope. Had some cameos. Um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to be out here and just trying to entertain people and just check me out. I, you know, I love feedback as long as it's constructive and, you know, in the right place. And I can tell if it is and if it isn't, but I'm easy to talk to. I'm very personable and, you know, I'm always available for bookings. That part. So with that being said, my last question for you is what's next for Tramiel and where can we find you and everything that you want to promote including your booking uh, information sure sure um, 
what's next for me is um, I'm, I, I'm currently just building up my vocal ability. I'm taking vocal lessons as we speak, just trying to prepare myself for this next project and what I want it to sound like. I want it to be completely different than anything I've ever recorded. Truthfully, honestly, I'm always trying to get better. Um, my booking information is definitely on my Instagram page. If you want to book me for anything, just reach out to me on, on through my email, harristremell at outlook.com. That's the only way you'll get anything booked wise with me because you try to DM me and if I see it and if it looks crazy to me, I'm sorry, I'm not responding. I've already done <laughs> that whole gambit of weirdness where people try to get me booked into these weird club situations where you gotta pay $20 don't do that never will not worth it um yeah so if you want to book me you know just hit my email check out my music you know um you can follow me at I am underscore Tramel that's I am underscore T-R-A-M-E-L and that's on everything all of them TikTok I think uh, Twitter I don't really use Twitter that much but and uh, Instagram yeah absolutely love that now on that note children that has been our show I'm sure Tramiel has things to do people to see checks to collect coins to cash <laughs> y'all know how this goes the man is very busy but I appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in to help me to facilitate this conversation and I want to extend a special thank you to my guest Tramiel for blessing the podcast thank you so much for being here Thank you. Anytime. Come back anytime you'd like when there's new music dropping, when your solo show drops, when you drop the book, when you go on tour. <laughs> come back. I would love to promote for you. Absolutely. I'm going to come back when um, this, this new project is about to come out. At, when I've gotten my first single together, I'm, I'm going to come on. Come on. And maybe I'll play it for you or something like that. Do something like that. Well, I plan to be in touch. So I. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, with that being said, I want to remind you guys, as I do every episode, to be real, stay in reality, and always, always bring the realness. I am Brian K. James. This has been Real Reality Realness. And until next time, I love all of you guys from the bottom of my green heart emoji. Keep the mess in the message and misbehave yourselves. Peace. Bye, guys.